Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Alrighty, guys. Today, this podcast episode is a little meta. It's a little inception. It's a little talking about podcasting whilst podcasting, which is going deep, you guys. Today we're revealing the truth behind podcasting, why we even started, how much all this shit cost, spoiler alert, a lot, and our entire process of how we go from idea to getting it uploaded to iTunes and on the blog and all of that good stuff. So if this is something that you've been kind of mulling around in your head, maybe we can be the the voice of reason to tell you don't to do it, not do it. <laughs> JK. Well, not JK, but... No, definitely serious about that. We love podcasting. I just don't suggest it for the for the newbie, for the, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. someone just toying with this idea. This is the a same serious- answer I give to someone who's like, should I partner up? And I say, never, ever do it. Don't be dumb and make that decision. I love my decision about partnering up with someone, but it very rarely works out for someone else. So in the same sense of that... If you're looking for fast growth because of podcasting, if you're looking for foundation building because of podcasting, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to make it happen. So why did we start a podcast, Emily? What the French toast was that about? I blame it on Savvy. No, so- I don't I don't blame it on Savvy personally. I blame it on I blame it on my dad, really. That's it- true. I okay, so for for those of you who don't know, my dad is an Uber nerd. I'm both my parents are engineers by by trade and he has from the day I can remember it goes back to like cassette tapes in the car like he would listen to any sort of talk radio books on tape cassettes and then the day that Apple announced podcasts I think my dad shit a brick he was he was (laughs) like he was like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, you're a nerd and no one will ever like podcasts. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and now I, now I run a podcast. <laughs> so I think specifically for us, it was a good time in our business and our brand because we were wanting to reach a new audience. Yeah. We had... Uh, worked really hard and built up the blog and built up Instagram and built up an online community. But those people were all coming from the same spots, Pinterest, Instagram, all of that kind of stuff. And if we wanted to up level and if we wanted to get to people and talk to people who we hadn't ever heard of or we didn't know where they were hanging out, we wanted a new spot. Snapchat wasn't working for us. (laughs) Insta stories are only doing so much. Facebook ads can only do so much. And we wanted to provide another stream of value. So, you know, you guys, we like to give away the kitchen sink and we like to teach and 
talking out strategy is something that we both really, really enjoy. And so we knew that this would be up our alley in that sense. And so the basis was we knew we could grow our audience. We knew we would have a fun time doing it. We also wanted to like get to hang out with cool people. So we've gotten to interview some really cool guests. So that meant talking to them for an hour and a half on the show, which is incredible and opening up those relationships. But outside of that, I think it was kind of just one of those things that was just like, let's just try it and let's see where it goes. And it sounds fun. And it is fun. Like it's a heck of a lot of fun, but it is not easy. Well, and I also think a lot of it had to do with the way people learn. So we love blogging. It's amazing. But I think there comes a point where some people just don't have time to read as much as they would like to. And And we acknowledge and realize that. So there was a chunk of our readership that I think just missed hanging out with us and they didn't have time to catch up on the blog on the regular. And this felt like another way to get in their homes on a more consistent basis because they could they could hang out with us in a different way and it was it was easier for them to press play instead of get their eyeballs out yeah and yeah. read the blog keep and your eyeballs in please <laughs> and now just get your earballs out <laughs> and give us a listen Give us a listen. But seriously, the benefits are great. I mean, it makes sense. You get to reach a new audience. You get to provide value in a unique way. And really, this was a really cool way to grow our list. Mm -hmm. Because we're reaching a a new set of people, we can grow our email list quicker than we can with just our website. Yeah. Plus, ultimately... Ultimately, the reason we started a podcast, let's be completely honest, we were looking for new ways to grow our revenue. Uh-huh. And sponsorship, eventually, we're looking to have great sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. So full disclosure, we're recording this and letting you guys know the truth about podcasting when we're not making a dime off of this. Oh, yeah. Like we have not seen any return on our investment and it's a hefty investment and we'll go into exact numbers here in a little bit. But right now we're at the point where we're still growing that awareness and we're still growing that stability. And so we wanted to come in here at this stage of podcasting to tell you kind of where our mindset was and where we are. And we're hoping to follow this up pretty quickly with part two of, okay, now we're making this much, or now these are the results that are consistently coming in from it. So know that right now we're still in the, uh, is this going to pay off stage? Absolutely. But the goal is for it to eventually be a revenue stream, but it's one of the few things we've ever done in our business where we had to front the money in advance. And that was a scary step for us. Not to mention it's hard. Uh. Huh. Huh. So there's a lot of steps that go into, you know, making a podcast smooth, obviously the all front end stuff. So like branding, picking a name, getting your graphics for iTunes, getting approved for iTunes, which isn't as easy as you think. And we didn't even have to submit any of that stuff. We hired on from day zero, someone to help us figure all of that out because a, we didn't have time. B that stuff hurts our brains of getting approved on stuff like that and figuring out what their kind of rules are. So we had someone else do that for us. So you've got to get past the hurdle of even going live on iTunes, but even before that, so much happens before that of securing, you know, what kind of show you want to have, who you want to have on, do you want to have anyone on, getting all your equipment figured out, making sure your sound checks are good, making sure like all of the tech stuff is figured out if you do have guests on the show. What do you want to happen once the episode is done? Like it's on iTunes? Like, is that it? Like, what's your launch plan? Where else does it live? So there's like so many factors that go in. It's not just press record, done, it's in iTunes, everybody can go off to Target. That's not what it is. No, there's like things like RSS feeds and you have to know how to publish things to to libraries and like things that feel like magical unicorn places wow. that you've never thought existed on the universe. And all of a sudden you're learning lingo that is totally new to your vocabulary. And it it was... It was hurting the brain. Let's. It was let's, hurting the brain. <laughs> let's be real honest about that. Because really, the only thing we really were thinking about, okay, we're like, okay, yes, 
we have to buy equipment. Duh. Like, we need a microphone. I mean, yeah, we could record on our computer, but that didn't seem like a good option. Well, that's a whole other conversation you guys have to have with yourself of A, what is the level of quality that you want to produce? That's totally up to you. In our personal opinion, we wanted like as high as quality as we could get in our own means, not knowing what we're doing. So already halfway through podcasting, we've already invested in other equipment to help make the sound even better. And I'm sure there will be tweaks as we go because you don't know what it sounds like until it's just out there. So a lot of this is tweaking, but first you have to kind of decide like, How much of my hands-on do I want? What's my quality that I'm expecting? And so that kind of like projects what your initial investment is for sure. Yeah. So we knew we needed equipment and we knew we needed guests. So we knew we had to like pitch guests. We knew we had to like record episodes. And then we knew somehow they had to end up on the internet somewhere. So they end up in iTunes. But like literally all the steps between recording and getting it on the internet and then the steps to promote it. Oh my good Lord. I had no clue how many extra steps. Like this is not, this is not your average blog. Like this is way more steps. It takes just as much time, if not more some days, to do the post-production process than it does to do an hour-long interview. It's awful. It is long. So let's talk about the steps. What do we do? Okay. Let's go from the very beginning. So if if we were, say, for this particular episode, A, we have to come up with the idea for the episode. Okay, so if it's just us and we don't have guests, we come up with the idea, we outline the episode, we record the episode, that we then create notes for our editor. We have to then sit, we have to upload the episode to Dropbox and then send all of the files to the editor. Who then with the notes? With the notes. Who then takes that information, edits the episode, and then sends us back a transcript, the finished episode, and the show notes. But they are also doing extra work and uploading it to our RSS feed to get it into iTunes for us. But then we're taking the transcript and uploading that to ConvertKit so that people can sign up to get a copy of it. If they want the transcript, we're taking those show notes. We are re-uploading those to docs and having our, we're looking at them ourselves and editing them for tone to make sure they sound like us and sound like something we would say. Then we're having our editors internally look at them. And then our VA is uploading them manually to our website so that the show notes are on the website. Then we have Our graphics person, which I forgot to even include when we were looking at value, she's creating all of the graphics for every episode and giving those to our VA. And then if all of that runs smoothly, then we also have to promote the episode. But there are so many extra steps if there's a guest involved. So Mm -hmm. what extra steps do we have to do if we have a guest? Well, and there are some also that you missed in that whole long run of things, like nitty gritty ones. So with a guest, we have to obviously pitch them. So we are typically sending five to 10 emails at a time out to people who we've researched, who we really want on the show, who we know the value that they could bring for you guys. Traditionally, we may or may not know that person. So we usually have like a 15 minute consult with them first to see what the heck we can even talk about. So we start that initial email, they book that 15 minute, we chat on the phone, they schedule their interview. If everything goes grand, we have the interview, we hop on Google Hangout or Skype because what we like to do is see each other, even when it's just us, while we're doing the interview, even if we're recording in a third party place, which we'll tell you about in a little bit, because it helps with conversation flow, especially when there's three or more people on the call. So we've got to get the video figured out. We've got to get our recording figured out. We do all of that. 
Once we say goodbye, we're done recording to them, we hop on another recording and do the interview or the intro that pops up right in front of that interview. So Abby and I do our own separate intro for that guest, explaining how we know them, what value they're bringing to the show. You guys have probably listened to these already. So it's that blip that comes right before we get into the meat of the interview. So then I have to go into our recording platform export all the files, auto post-production them. So they're individual files originally. So it's just Abigail's audio, just my audio, and just our guest audio. And I have to click a button that makes them all one audio. That typically takes 20 to 30 minutes, depending on what's going on in the internet. So then I come back to the computer and then we have to play that full audio and figure out what second are we starting? Were there any notes of glitches that I need to go back and listen to that glitch to get the exact second to second that I need to tell the editors to take out? Where are we putting the ad? Like as a dog barking. Right. Did someone like blow their nose? Right. Like weird stuff happening like that. Yeah. So I had to get all of that. So that means re-listening to that part of the episode. Hopefully I made the note on it so I don't have to go through and dig around for it. Make the notes on that. Make the notes where we want to put our ads. I get that timeline sent to Abby. Abby then puts it in the exact format that the, the editors need it in so they can actually read it so it makes sense for them. Then we send it on to them. And then fast forward to when we're getting the show notes and et cetera. We get it all uploaded, everything's grand, everyone's editing. We still have to make a link for that post, a bit.ly for that post, and a click to tweet for that post. So there's like a little bit of Abby, then a little bit of me, and then our team, and then me again, and then Abby, and it's just like... I think at least, I would not be shocked if at least 15 people touch every uh-huh. episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating at all uh-uh uh-uh no. and I realize I realize you could do this yourself but I could not even imagine how little time I would have in my day if I did it no. myself because Podcasting would be a full-time job if we did it ourselves I wouldn't have time for anything else mm-hmm. because the episodes are so long by themselves, that any sort of editing would t- be very time consuming because I literally, I th- I have no idea how the team we hired does Well, it. and we just don't know that. Like there could be a thing that they just like run the whole thing through and it like zaps everything, every weird glitch out if it's like to a certain sound decibel or whatever. I'm literally just making that up because I have no clue what happens. Yeah, right. But it could be, you know, just something that they have access to. I don't want any part of that. And right. we recognize that early on, but that's why we have someone else do it. So all that, exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted thinking about it. That said, we're not going to like, I feel like you're probably listening to this and you're like, oh no, are they going to quit podcasting because it's so much work? (laughs) The answer is no. We're already this far into it. I can't quit now. I got to see where this train is going. We don't quit. Okay. This is going to keep happening. We love you. We're not. This might make them think we're going to quit though. Do you guys, I want to just, I want y'all to guess. I know I can't hear you, but I want you to guess. Out loud. Out loud. Like I can hear you. How much per month, every single month, do you think it costs us? every single month to put out the episodes that we do for you guys. Just take a second. We're going to play some like doo-doo-doo-doo music. We don't, we aren't going to do that. We're not going to do that because you know what that would call for? Me going back and figuring out when I said that and putting in a bloop and finding some music and I'm not doing that. So doo-doo-doo-doo, time's up. (laughs) Over $1,300 a month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. $1,300 a month every single month to put out 12 episodes and the transcript and the show notes recorded, uploaded, formatted on iTunes and the blog. Yeah. So that, that just so you realize we're paying an editing company. So we hire, we edit podcasts. That's a third party company. They edit all 12 episodes. They do the transcript and the show notes. And then we also have a blog editor, a VA, and a graphics person. And those are that's a totally separate service. 
So, and then we also have the recording software that we pay for. And then that doesn't even include the one-time fee of all the equipment we had to purchase mm-hmm. to Which start. Which is about 600 bucks. Which that could be, we were very frivolous. Not right. frivolous. Not frivolous. Yeah, that's, that's the wrong word. That's frugal? the office Frugal. We were very yeah. frugal. I think opposite we, day. Opposite day. We we picked very reasonable options, mm-hmm. but good options for the both of us. Obviously, if there's only one of you, it's going to be like half ish. Oh, half. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Pop all the links in the show notes for who we're talking about, the equipment we're talking about, and all that good stuff. If you're interested in checking it out. Now, I will say, if you decide you are brave enough to, after everything we've just said about this entire process, Mm -hmm. and you're wanting to hire an editor because you're like, I can't imagine doing this alone. Our amazing company that we use is willing to offer 20% off for the first three months of their service. So the link is thestrategyhour.com slash we edit podcasts, okay? And Dang. just let them know that we referred you and you'll get 20% off. You don't have to do 12 episodes a month to get that, no, by the way. Totally up to you. And you do not have to get the high-end package like we have either. No, so you can no. you can do something way more reasonable that's not $960 a month, I promise. Wolf City. <laughs> so I find it interesting, and I want to share this too, that we're only episode 26 in, and we've already made, I think, two drastic adjustments to our entire process. One of them being how we record, and one of them being my new little setup here for sound to make the quality even better. So we spent an additional like 80 bucks last week to get my mic off of my desk because it was kind of making like, it was catching every sound. Like when a piece of dust would roll across my desk, y'all would hear it. And so getting it up off the ground and having this like sound barrier around it, I think has helped a lot in the quality. And we do that for love of you guys. Yeah. In your ear holes. Well, so if you've if you've ever seen a video of my mic, you've seen that it's like on some like claw contraption thing. So essentially we got the same kind yeah. of doodad for Emily's mic. We have different mics and we just that just happened by chance because Emily had previously purchased a mic long before we even met. Yeah, it's true. So I got my mic as my birthday present to myself, I think. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) And then she realized that how much the claw thing was helping my sound quality. And so then we were looking for an option that fit her mic. And her mic's a lot fatter. Yeah. Because you have the Yeti. Yeti. The blue Yeti. The blue Yeti. And so the clips are different because my mic has a more standard size By the way, if you're curious about any of our equipment, we'll throw a link in the show notes that's included in our ultimate resource guide Mm -hmm. that has literally all the equipment, like our headphones, our everything. I I don't know if it has all of your new... Oh, I don't think it does. We should so add that. I will have to update it before this episode goes live. One more thing to do for you One guys. One more thing. But speaking of our recording options, I'll kind of walk you through, because it's not always easy to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And when you don't know what you're doing, and I frankly think that this is one of the least like talked about Like there's 80 bajillion articles on how to start a blog, but it's very rare to find something about a podcast. And when you do, it's, it's just doesn't go into as much detail. So anyways, here you go. Here's your episode for it. Initially, we tried to do everything in Skype and then using cam recorder to record the audio. So we would hop up, hop up on Skype, see each other, do the video thing, have the e-cam, which I think was a one-time fee of like 30 bucks. And we bought that like a year and a half ago for something else. 
right? Yeah, we bought it because that's how we were recording stuff for courses. Yeah. But keep in mind, we're in like a weird situation because we're two people. And so even when we're recording without a guest, there's there's always always two two people. people. Right. And so So just by adding more people, Skype begins to not like that. Yeah. And so there were audio glitches on the regular, like I was having to edit so, or like make so many comments for the team. And it was so frustrating. And so I told them, so then we tried to do QuickTime. I think we switched from Skype, Ecamm, and we're like, okay, everyone just needs to do QuickTime on their own computer. So we would get on a call. And if we were on with a guest, we would walk them through how to find QuickTime, how to start audio player. And it just wasn't fluid. Like it was wasting a lot of time. Not everyone had QuickTime couldn't figure it out. And it was super frustrating because if it came down to it and we didn't have it, we had to rely on Skype and we knew we were going to get a lot of glitches. So we had mentioned it to We Edit Podcasts and they asked us if we had heard of Zencaster, which is who we use now, and we hadn't. And so we looked at them and Zencaster is really cool. You can try it for free for seven days. So you can even see if you like it first. And it's about 18 bucks a month for us now because we bought the yearly package. But it records native audio without that person having to do anything. So I start Zencaster and I have a link because I'm like the admin for Zencaster. I send that link to Abby. I send that link to our person that we're interviewing. They click it. I can see them come in the room and it's recording on their own computer and it's they don't have to do anything. And so as soon as we're done with our interview, I hit stop recording. And then there's a little box that comes up that says, hey, these files are uploading. Just don't close this window. Sometimes that takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes. We just ask our person, hey, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to touch it. Just leave that window up. Like, don't shut it down yet. Let it finish uploading. We'll get it. You don't have to do anything. And we get the file automatically uploads to our Dropbox once we are able to combine all three of them together, which is super handy. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Because prior people were having to send us their QuickTime file after our interview. That was another was step of the process. not working. And I'm like, ah... So something I'll mention about this. So let me explain the difference between native audio and like internet audio, basically. So native audio is audio that's recorded directly on your computer. So it's Mm -hmm. not recorded over the internet. So imagine you're leaving yourself a voice memo and you're just like, you're recording it directly on your computer. But... If you were to record something, say, on, like, Google Hangout, you're recording over the internet. And so if there's any sort of internet interruption or your signal changes, you're going to get whatever feedback problems you have with the internet. And so there's going to be problems, like, no matter what. And you have no control over where your guests are at. We had someone try to record from their car and it was strange (laughs) but we because we had this system Mm -hmm. we were still getting native audio which was uh, thank the lord jesus crucial because and that that's it goes in to explain why it's so important if you're a guest on a podcast to have your own headphones and not rely on the speaker and mic from your computer. Yeah. Because what happens is if you're relying on, like, say you have a mic and you have that plugged into your computer, but you're going to use your computer's like speakers to hear and, and for them to hear you, it's going to pick that like echo up. It's going to pick back like everything that it's hearing and it's not going to be able to record just your voice. And so if you're native recording, it's super important to have headphones plugged in because it's just going to capture like your stuff that's going in through the mic and it's not going to hear anything else. Yeah. So super helpful. Also stuff I had no idea before that I had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything too. You're like, if there's a truck driving by, we're going to hear it. If there's a helicopter by my house, like that one time, we're going to hear it. If your dog is scratching at the door to come inside in the other room, we're going to hear it. I have never been so aware of my surroundings until we started recording a podcast. Like, I'm aware of when the trash truck drives by. I'm aware of when there's road construction, when someone's mowing their grass. I'm like fully fully prepared that when we build our dream home which I really hope is in the next couple of years (laughs) that I will have a soundproof room I just need a hole just give me a closet I'll just shut myself in there like Harry Potter style and everything can just be foam lined and silent (laughs) because it's so critical it's a a problem it's a problem well and we get emails from people that are like your sound quality sucks And I'm like, we're trying so hard. Like, I'm sorry that that day it decided to be really bad, but like, there's literally nothing else I can do unless I want to like get a foam mat and wrap it around everything, which, sorry guys, I'm just not going to do that. We try. I'm trying so hard. We try. So let's talk about some of the early results that we've been able to see from the show. So it it can begin to be on a happier note now. <laughs> well, actually, before we do that, there was yeah. one step we didn't mention. And I do think it was super helpful. And I'm really, 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 really glad we did it. Calendly. Oh, uh-huh. to book our guests. Yep. Which is free. No, it's not. No, it's not. I take that back. It's not free. <laughs> it's free for one event. 
Yeah. If so you have more than one type of event, it costs money. So if you had only, if you only booked podcast guests and that was all you did, then it would be free. But we have multiple types of events. So it costs, I think, $8 or $9 yeah, a month. So um, damn worth it. Oh my gosh. So great. Because we can ask them questions when they book. So we can get their bio right away. A headshot. A headshot, a, a link to their Dropbox folder with their headshot in it. And it takes so many steps away from after the fact. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know what we were doing pre Calendly no. with our lives. Well, and we initially used Calendly to book the interview, but we didn't ask as many questions as no. we do now. No. So we still had that post interview conversation of, hey, send us your recording. Hey, send us your headshot and your bio. Is this what you want us to link to? Blah, blah, blah. So now in the forum, before they can even finish booking their interview, they have to fill all that stuff out. Yeah. Save so much time. It's amazing. I don't know what what we were doing before. Okay, so actual results now. Yeah. Time warp. Now we're like... Real results time. Now now we're like, okay, we've we've done all this work. Was it worth all of the effort? Jury is still out. (laughs) Well, okay. I will say I'm super proud of this. Emily was definitely in La La Babyland because... Two days after the first episode went live, her baby was born. Yeah. So she was very, very distracted from the podcast launch. But 24 hours, so 24 hours pre-baby and 24 hours post-podcast launch. So right there in the middle, you know, we hit the top 15 business podcasts in all of iTunes and I literally lost my shit. I we, was, kept, we kept screenshotting it because it was like 20 something and then 19 and then I think 15 was the highest that we got. No, we like, got, I think it was 14 or 13. Oh, sure. I have the screenshot. Yeah, and you do. I do. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> So for those of you who are curious how you get ranked if you're if you're looking for those kind of results ranking in categories is based off of new subscribers in the last 24 hours. So we had so many new subscribers in the last 24 hours. We were outranking like thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of business podcasts. Like we were right up there with Pat Flynn, y'all. We were ahead of Pat Flynn. Oh, snap. Sit down, Pat Flynn. Just kidding. Sit down to record another podcast that I will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and then we never made New and Noteworthy, but I think New and Noteworthy is like nearly impossible. New and Noteworthy is a centaur. Then no one can understand how it exists. Yeah, so we did a ton of research about New and Noteworthy because we were very determined. Most people say you have about a six-week window from the time you submit to iTunes to hit New and Noteworthy. And everything we read about New and Noteworthy said that it's handpicked by someone at iTunes slash Apple. And every time... of Steve Jobs. <laughs> Every time I would look at New and Noteworthy, it was a strange mix of randomness. So very, very, very hard to tell. And it seemed very much like a mix of entertainment. There was a lot less business. Mm-hmm. Like there was always like one or two business. And even the ones ranking in the number one spot in business category never made new and noteworthy that I was paying that. I, and I was like actively paying attention to it. So apparently it's the cool kids club and we are very much okay without being a part of that. Yeah, it's okay. Never have been, never will be. It's okay. It's all right. So as far as other results, the actual downloads per episode in the first 30 days, we were getting about 2000 downloads per episode which was 
far past our initial goal. Yeah. We were ecstatic with that. We had really no idea what to guess what it would be because it was so new. Obviously, we have a large email list and a really active audience in other places. So, I mean, that's what drove that traffic. But we were very pleased with those results. (laughs) So we hope that continues to go up. But probably the most surprising result is our website exploded. It went bananas. Like, like, boom. 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 It jumped from like 42, like 42,000 views to over, over 70,000 views. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. In less than a month. In a month. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, you can't necessarily attribute that to one thing. We had a lot of stuff going on. We were in the middle of a launch. Emily had a beautiful baby. Babies do things to businesses. Yeah. Everyone signed up for my list, for our list because of my baby. We also <laughs> had a new website. We also had, you know, some changes to our blog content. There's a yeah. lot of things that we just don't know. But I would like to think the podcast contributed to the boom. Yeah, I think I have to believe that it did. I do too. Yeah. Well, and the over 65 star glowing reviews. Boom! I went through and read through like almost every single one of those I read today. All and I was just like, oh, oh, you babies are so sweet. You know what someone said today that what? made me super happy? They said every time a unicorn farts, TCC creates something amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty fabulous. What does a unicorn fart sound like? I don't know. I would assume like any other fart. Maybe not. Maybe it's more magical. I think like, it's more magical than that. Like it can't just be like a. <laughs> I feel like it would have to have like a pink puff of fairy dust come out yeah. at the same time. Yeah, a high pitched like a. I don't know. I'll have like to work little, on that. Like little I can't do sound noises. No, I can't either. Like a like a like what what the sound sparkles would make when they fall from the sky. <laughs> it's that sound. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> so some tips for y'all. I would say, you know, if this is something that you're truly wanting to consider to offer to your own audience. Weigh your skill set with your wallet size, honestly. If it's something that you can look into figuring out how to do yourself and how to bootstrap, do it if if you can ensure that the quality is that of shows that you know outsource for that kind of stuff because you want it to be good. It it has to be good or no one's going to listen to it. You want everyone's ear holes to be happy and not disappointed. And then pick a schedule that makes sense for yourself. We pick three episodes a week right out of the gate. Okay, so for the record, the reason this happened was because of... Okay, so we were suggested we edit podcasts, okay? Someone thought... They not someone thought a friend of ours uses them as their editors, okay? And their plans go from five episodes per month to 12 episodes per month to 30, which is a smart fucking move for people to upgrade, okay? But it pisses me off. No, so five episodes per month for anyone who is anal retentive like we are is not even it's no. not you can't stick five episodes in a four week month no. it doesn't work so we were like do, literally we couldn't do it because no. we were ocd no <laughs> so, math y'all even this so we had Can these roll over no which okay. we they could have 
And it would have been fine. But still, we would have had like a ton at the end of the year. Like, well, what do we do now? So we literally picked because of our editor's pricing plan. Yeah. So we blame it on them. A hundred percent. Just so just so y'all know. But for most people, I wouldn't suggest our rigorous schedule. No. I and think, I would also sorry, go ahead. I would say two a week is probably good. Yeah, yeah. Two a week would be ideal. Can we go to two a week? <laughs> Not now. It's too late. It's too late too for us. Learn from our mistakes. <laughs> Other things that I think can help you see a big bang at the beginning, especially if you're wanting to outsource some of the things, is making sure you have a good audience to start with. This is the one thing, the one and only thing in business that I say where it makes sense to spend time elsewhere before you start this. So traditionally, I'm like, sell the course before you've made it. You know, make a product before you have a list. Like start your Instagram before you, whatever, it doesn't matter because I just want you to do things. But this thing, especially because it costs you money every single month to do it, regardless of whether if you're paying someone else to edit or if you're editing it, it's going to take time out of your day that you could be doing other things. Make sure you have a good enough, I don't know what that number is yet. Like, I don't, I don't don't know, but Don't let it be the very first thing you're doing. No. Build up some content on a blog, build up some opt-ins, build up an email list, build up a presence in wherever your community is, at least a little bit, and then kind of trickle it out. I wouldn't say they would have to be nearly as far along as we were to do it successfully, but I can't imagine doing it. As my first business move. No. 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 I think it honestly would have killed my creativity if we had done it sooner. Yes. I think it would have been very discouraged. I think there's so many things that are so much easier and you're going to see a lot quicker results from. So do those first. Yeah. So, and in fact, I'm just going to tell you, don't do a podcast. (laughs) Put it on the back burner. Listen to all of them. Just listen to them. Mm -hmm. Soak them in. There's so many great ones. And instead, focus on building your list and building a great audience in all the other places. Don't use the podcast as get it quick answer because that's not going to happen. And sometimes it's kind of frustrating to be like, oh, so you mean I really do have to blog? And oh, you really mean I do have to build my email list? Those are the things that are going to help you launch anything after, whether it's a podcast or not. But if you want to go into the game plan of of constantly spending money in a podcast and not really getting anything, but maybe a little bit of growth here and there, fine. But we went into podcasting knowing that we kind of wanted it to be like a third of our revenue by the end of the day and when things were kind of falling into place. So we waited and we were strategic about it and we're hoping that that quickly in the coming quarters begins to show itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, 30-ish episodes from now, we can come back to you. Yeah. And strongly tell you that this episode is sponsored by some really awesome companies. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk some strategy. Maybe, I know we kind of just gave some tips, but let's like recap three to five things that... If someone is, yes, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm doing it, no matter what, where do they, what do they need to start? Okay. So first I would come up with a launch plan and then I would purchase your equipment and be really mindful of quality, but don't overspend. I think you can get some great equipment without going crazy on the price. So those are my one and two. One and two. Three, I think I would go back to number one and keep doing that. (laughs) I'm serious. It will save you so much hassle the more content you have planned out. I'm talking like, like we sit here and we're like, plan out your blog post for the next 30 days. I want you to plan out your your podcast for the next like at least quarter, at least. Topics, 
checkpoints, bullet points, like whatever, however you can outline that, who you want to have on, what they want to talk about. And if you can go ahead and start recording some of those things, like if you've got your equipment figured out, it, just the recording part, you can go ahead and do that and like stockpile your recordings. That's really the only reason I put number two in there yeah. so that you could start recording. Yeah. Because but just record and get ideas out. Because And then do it for another month. Yeah. So, because here's the truth of the matter. We were recording for a mo- almost two months, two months before we launched. And mm-hmm. we stockpiled two and a half or three months worth of content. And thank the Lord that we did. Yep. Yep. And I wish we had stayed that far ahead. We, we're currently not that far ahead. We're, no. only, we're no. only a couple of weeks ahead at this point. And I strongly suggest you be much further ahead because yes. podcasting, like I said, is a much longer process and it takes much longer from production to execution. So word to the wise, if you're doing this, you need to be six to eight weeks ahead of schedule at all times. At all times. Then it will be a little less stressful. So now that we were soupy, super, super downers on all of you about <laughs> podcasting, thank you for listening. We love that you listen. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell all your friends so we can be constantly reminded why we do this thing that we do. <laughs> And make sure you leave a review on iTunes if you haven't. Okay. Love you. Love you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.